0: One Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. And for more information, please visit us on the web at onechurch.net. I'm going to share a little message, if that's okay. And uh, I want to just take a few minutes just to encourage us. I know we're out in the park, um, but uh, I just want to encourage you today. And so I have a little teaching. Did you get notes? Roberto brought notes and uh, which he actually didn't bring them because like he knew what I was going to speak today. I, I made those notes. Are you guys so proud of me right now? Can you give me a round of applause? Thank you. Thank you. That feels so good. So we don't have any, we don't have any screens and I was like, you guys, I know that you hang on every point that comes out. So I thought I'm going to print them off, and uh, share that with you. But uh, I I do want to share something uh, quickly today, Um, but I I do want to share something. And how many of you were here last week? Last week, some of you, many of you, most of you were here last week. Um, We started a new series of teachings that we are calling uh, Inspire, and we're talking about spiritual gifts. And what I shared last week is that oftentimes, or really the, the beginning to living a uh, a life where we are inspired and we're experiencing the gifts of the Spirit is to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And I know that for some of us that can feel that's, you know, maybe you you hear that you're like filled with a spirit. I'm not sure that I want that. Um, and But I just explained last week that throughout the Bible, both in the Old Testament and the New Testament, the word for spirit is the same word that we get wind or breath. You remember that last week or the Old Testament, it was Uh, Ruach. In the New Testament, it's pneuma. Everybody say pneuma. Pneuma. So good. And uh, those words just mean breath uh, or um, wind. And so what you're feeling today is just a perfect illustration. Doesn't that feel so good? It feels so good. And uh, here's a a little thought for you, maybe a deep thought to consider. Uh, As we are out here in this breeze, are you in the breeze or is the breeze in you? The answer is yes, right? We are in it, and it is in us, right? And it's the same with the Holy Spirit, that God wants us to be in the Spirit, and He wants His Spirit in us. And that's what it means to live. Spirit-filled simply means to live a a life that is in the flow of the Holy Spirit, filled with the Holy Spirit. And I think for followers of Jesus, we should be the most inspired people in all of life, Uh, regardless of what we do for work, regardless of Uh, what season of life we're in. I just think we should have like some zest when we do it, right? Don't don't do something that's just kind of like passive. There needs to be some some power behind it, uh, whatever we do. And so uh, that's really what it means to be filled with the Spirit. And today I want to talk uh, about another aspect of living that Spirit-filled life, uh, and that is community. I want to talk about inspired community. And so I want to read this passage of Scripture. You don't have to read it, but You have the the reference in front of you, but 1 Corinthians chapter 12 uh, to 27. I got to go fast today, but it says this For as the body is one and has many members, but all the members of that one body, being many, are one body, so also is Christ. For by one Spirit we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free. And have all been made, in, uh, made to drink into one spirit. Don't you love that inclusivity? He, he says, Jews, Greeks, that was the ethnic divisions of their time. Slaves or free, that was the economic divisions of the time. He said, we are all one through the Holy Spirit. For in fact, the body is not one member, but many. If the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I'm not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? And if the whole body were an eye, where would be the hearing? If the whole were hearing, where would be the smelling? But now God has set the members, each one of them, in the body just as He pleased. And if they were all one member, where would the body be? But now indeed there are many members, yet one body. And the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. No, much rather, those members of the body which seem to be weaker are necessary, and those members of the body which we think to be less honorable, on these we bestow greater honor. And on our unpresentable parts have greater modesty. Everybody said amen. But on our presentable parts, we have no need. But God composed the body, having given greater honor to that part which lacks it, that there should be no schism in the body, but that the members should have the same care for one another. And if one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. Or if one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. Now you are the body of Christ and members individually. I, I love that beautiful passage of Scripture. Paul is talking about unity in diversity and we began this passage of Scripture last week when Paul starts off in chapter twelve verse one. he says, "I don't want you to be ignorant regarding spiritual gifts. I shared with you last week that that uh, in the original language is just spirituals, things that the Holy Spirit does. I don't want you to be ignorant about those things and you know hearing that you, we may think, well, okay, Paul now is going to begin to um, he's going to begin to encourage everybody to find their unique spiritual gift. He's going to just start talking about everybody finding their gift. And you know that it's maybe going to be like a, you know, spiritual, you know, America's got talent. You know what I mean? Uh, Who likes to take personality profiles? Some of you do. Some of you pointing at other people that do. Yes. Um, We all love to do those things. And oftentimes when we think about spiritual gifts, we can think, okay, now's the moment that I get to find my gift. Now's the moment I just get to find out like who I really am. I'm going to get deep into, you know, me and I'm going to find out these things about myself. And there's nothing wrong with that. We're going to be doing some spiritual gifts and personality tests throughout this series. But Paul actually doesn't start with, I I want you to find out uh, about your uniqueness. He actually starts off Not by talking about our uniqueness, he actually starts talking about our unity, what unites us, that that we are together. And, you know, oftentimes when we talk about spiritual gifts, it can become very me-focused and I want to find my gift, I want to use my gift, I want to do my gift, but Paul is saying that more important than you living your best spiritual gift life, it is more important that we understand the ultimate goal is for the body. It's for unity in the body, that it's not like, okay, spiritual gifts are, uh, you know, America's got talent. And so, all right, Paul's going to get up and show us what spiritual gift he has. And then then Queen's going to get up, she's going to do her thing. And then Katie's going to get up and just, wow, everybody, you, you've you got such amazing gifts. And I'm sure there is gifts within every one of us. But Paul wants us to understand the need for for unity within uh, within the body, and um, I think that's so important for us all to understand. that The fact is that you will never experience the fullness of the Holy Spirit on your own. You'll you'll never. Let me say it this way. You'll never experience a life of inspiration while living in isolation. You can't experience all that God has for you on your own. That's why you're here today, right? And um, you know, perhaps the most beautiful community that we look at when we think about spiritual gifts and the work of the Holy Spirit is there a chapter in the Bible that we often look at and we think man we want to talk about the work of the Holy Spirit if there was one chapter, what would it be? Um, those of you who are Bible scholars would probably say Acts chapter 2 and that is true that's the outpouring of the Holy Spirit but just as as amazing as the gifts of the Holy Spirit and the power of the Holy Spirit is in that passage it is just as an amazing, um, description of community. Have you ever read through Acts chapter 2 and just looked at all of the, the verses that have to do with togetherness? If you haven't, I have them on your notes in front of you. Okay? So you can look at look at Look at what it says in, um, or just read along with me. Verse 1, it says that on the day of Pentecost, they were all with one accord and in one place. Notice it doesn't just say they were in one place. There's a difference between just being in one place and being in one accord, right? You can go to a restaurant and be in one place with everybody, but that doesn't mean that there is any unity in that place. You're in one place, but you're not in one accord, right? And that word one accord, or that, it means uh, to, to be of one mind, to think the same way, and I know in our culture, we prize individualism. Uh, the, the whole you know, idea of thinking together with a group is like, that's groupthink. I got, you know, I'm me, I got to do me. But actually, the most beautiful things that God does, they don't happen in isolation. As great as a person's gifting may be, God's always about something greater than the Holy Trinity of me, myself, and I, right? He's about building up His, his body, and so it says they were in, with one accord in one place. Can you imagine the guy that missed that day? Can you imagine that guy? You know, he comes the next time they're together, and he's like, guys, how was that Pentecost celebration? And they're like, literally, you missed the best meeting ever, right? Can you imagine if he just, it says there was 120. Maybe there was supposed to be 121. Maybe there was somebody that's like, no, actually, it's a beautiful day for the beach. I think I'm doing that today right? Can you imagine that guy who missed out? He, in one accord, in one place, it keeps going on. Actually, let me say this, the, that thought of being in one accord, it's like a flock of birds flying together. Have you ever seen a flock of birds flying together and you're like, there is no, there's no turn signals, there's no communication, but somehow they're just moving together. What is that? They're in one accord and the Bible says that they were in one accord. It also says this, they devoted themselves. You know, there's some things that God will not do for you. You've got to do for them yourself. It doesn't say God devoted them. It said they devoted themselves. Devoted means to be immovable, like this tree here that is stuck in place. You come back tomorrow, you know where this tree's going to be? Right there. You come back a year from now. You come back maybe 200 years from now. Do you know where that tree will be? Should the Lord tarry and a hurricane not blow it over? It will be right there, right? It is devoted. It is stuck in place. And it says they had devoted themselves. And then verse 44, it says they had all things in common. Man, I love that. They were giving to one another. If somebody had a need, somebody that had extra was like, hey, you need this? Let me give to you, right? And I want you to notice this. It wasn't or It wasn't externally imposed. There was no church leaders. There was no government officials that was going, all right, everybody put it in one pot, and we're going to distribute it out, right? It was just their hearts going, man, we love each other. Why wouldn't I want to meet your needs? Why wouldn't I want to take my extra and give towards your lack? It said they had all things in common, and then that passage finishes by saying that they had favor with all the people. I love that. They were in one place, in one accord. They devoted themselves. They had all things in common, and then they had favor with all the people. Notice, there was no sponsored social media campaign that brought favor with all the people. It wasn't they had a beautiful state-of-the-art facility that, you know, it was the grand opening and it was a place to be in town at that moment. Notice it was just the Holy Spirit blowing on them that they just loved each other so much that everybody around them was like, man, I want to be in that group. And I think there is nothing that is more attractive to people in our world today than authentic, inspired community the world is desperate for community, desperate for belonging. Uh, I was listening to a a book recently and it was just reiterating uh, what the Bible told us thousands of years ago when it says it's not good for man to be alone. And it was talking about all of the health challenges that are caused by isolation. It's like smoking, I think it was two packs a day of cigarettes. And um most of us would say, yep, cigarettes, the verdict is in. They, you know, Two packs a day is not a good choice, right? But, but oftentimes when it comes to community and togetherness, um, what the Bible has told us we often, we often don't recognize. So they had favor with all the people. And what a beautiful, beautiful picture of what the Holy Spirit wants to do in us. What a beautiful picture of what God wants to do among us as he blows on us that we're not just in one place. We just kind of show up. We just kind of give the casual hellos, how you doing, how, the obligatory how is your week, hey, buddy, right? But we, we know each other. We love each other. We care for each other. And so I want to give you three things that I believe are our traits of togetherness, three things that if we want to live that kind of life of togetherness that we need to do, Um, they all start with a C, okay? First thing, if we want to live that that kind of togetherness, the first thing is be committed. Be committed. Notice what Paul says in in verse 12 of that passage I read. He says, God has set the members, each one of them in the body, just as he pleased. In fact, that passage, there's the, the wind now. There it is. It says uh, it, 12 times in that short passage of verses that I just read, 12 times he uses the M word, membership, membership, 12 times. He says God has set the members uh, in the body as he chooses. Now, I know for some of us, when we hear that, we think membership like membership in a club, like Uh, yeah, I'm a member at the Citrus Club or I'm a member at the Yacht Club. It's kind of like I pay my dues, I get my card, I get the benefits. But that's not what he's talking about. He's talking about membership like a member in your body, every part of your body as a member in your body. And I I don't know if you realize this or not, but there are no um, freelance parts in your body. Have you noticed that? Have you noticed there is not any like detachable, like, you know, for most of us, forgive me if I'm, if someone does, then I'm being offensive right now, but I think we can all agree that that if you have a, a, a dismembered part of your body, that it is a dysfunction, right? And Paul says, uh, you need to understand first that to live this inspired life, you have to understand the, the value of membership, the value of togetherness, and it, it, uh, he goes on to say that God has placed the members in the body as he chooses. Place the members of the body. I don't have my my little note sheet in front of me. Have you guys gotten all the blanks so far? Oh, thank you. I do have this one here. Thank you, Truda. So we got, has everybody got your note sheet? Just, just fill them in just to humor me so that I feel good about having done it. So first, the first thing I want you to see, if we want to live this uh, in... Inspired community life is—we got to be committed, because there is one body with with many members. And I just want you to understand this: that that um, Paul says, if one member suffers, the whole body suffers with it. If there—if you hit your uh, finger with a hammer, the rest of the body is like, is not like finger. You're on your own, right? The rest of the body comes to the aid of that one member why because it's part of the body when one part suffers it all suffers when one part rejoices it all rejoices and so i know that we live in a day and age where commitment is like a bad word but listen to this there is no growth without commitment going to the gym will not help me or you committing to do to going regularly will help right just going occasionally doesn't help. It's in that place of commitment where, where growth happens. And so the first thing I believe that we need to do if we want to live that inspired community, we need to be committed. The second thing I want you to see is Paul says this, that God has set the members of the body in the body as he chooses. Notice that he doesn't say he's just slung the body, slung the members, just slopped the members, just kind of thrown them together he, it says he set the members. In other words, the idea is that it is handmade, custom built, put together, set speaks of intentionality. And so the second thing I want you to see is that not only do we need to be committed, we also need to be connected. So here's, here's what I want you to see practically. We don't just Join, there's no part of my body that is just in my body in this vague sense. Every part is in my body through connection with another part of the body, right? You ever, you, you, who knows dim bones? Dim bones, dim bones, right? Toe bones connected to the foot bone, foot bones, right? So every part is, don't make me continue, guys. Every part is connected, and, and the same is true in the body of Christ. There. There is no just vague, like, I'm just in the global body of Christ. No, we are connected together, one with another. And that's why I think that life group, or the, the connect groups, I almost went back to church in the 90s, my church in the 90s, we call them life groups, but connect groups are so important because that's the place where we build relationships. If you just come on Sundays, you're always going to feel like you're just kind of on the outside. Connect groups is where we build relationships, where we get to know uh, one another. And Paul goes on to say this, that there should be no schism in the body. That word schism means division. It's the same word that we get skizzers, scissors from, right? Schism. You hear that? Schism, scissors, you, you, scissors. You track it with me, okay? He says there should be no division in the body. No parts. Is there any part of your body that you, you're just like, I'd be cool if that was cut off? I was actually going to bring a machete here as an example today, and I thought, yep, that's a, I'm sure that would be great on social media, a pastor holding a machete all like -like." dictator-like, but there is no part of our body that we are okay to be without. Ethan, am I right? Ethan's giving me a thumbs up because he's so glad to have his thumb because he almost cut it off with a machete just a few months ago. And I don't know, you know, you probably had never been so thankful for the tip of your thumb to be on your thumb as, as you are today, right? Uh, he's probably the most thankful two-thumb tip owner in this group today because the body needs to be connected, right? Not, not just in a vague way, but it's got to stay together, the enemy always wants to dismember the body. He wants to cut you off from the body of Christ. And not just in a global way, but in a specific way. He wants to cut you off from this local body. And, and let me tell you, there's a lot of ways that that can happen. I've felt that myself. There's been some times where I've felt like, man, I, I, I'm, things have happened that would cause me to want to disconnect from the body. Maybe it's hurt. Maybe it's offense. Maybe it's um, any number of things that just make me go, "Oh man!" It's like you draw back. You want to disconnect from the body. That's the the way the enemy wants to work. And here's I, I want you to understand what I believe is the number one disconnector in the body today. The number one thing that the enemy uses to disconnect people in the body today. And and I would say it this way, it is the blade of busyness. The blade of busyness. Right? I mean, busyness is like a epidemic in our culture. Ninety-five percent of the time, if we ask people and we ask one another, how you doing, the most common response is, I'm busy. I'm busy, I'm busy. And oftentimes, as we get busy, we can allow busyness to disconnect us, to cut us off, to dismember us from the body, from the place of connection, right, where God has put us. And Paul says, I don't want there to be any schism in the body. Don't let the blade of busyness cut you off from the body of Christ. Jarrett almost took his toe off a few months ago, and uh, he was went to, he was kicking a basketball that was heading for their baby, and he kicked it, and then I think kicked the door, the wall. He's blaming it on Emerson, but no, I'm just kidding. He, it was almost landed on the baby. He went to kick it, I think kicked the wall, and his baby toe just went almost off. And um, he wasn't like, no, that's cool. I got another baby toe. I don't even, that one was just kind of hanging on. Didn't really matter right? I mean, what does your baby toe do? It just sits there and like rounds out the little rotation, right? It just looks good there. But when, when you lose it, when it becomes disconnected, um, you recognize that every part matters. And the same is true in the body of Christ. I just will put it plainly, every one of you matter. Every one of you play a vital role in this community, in this body. And if you are not present, the whole body suffers. Now, there are moments when that happens, just like there's moments when part of your body uh, gets injured and the rest of your body has to compensate for it. But, But I want you to understand that there are no unneeded parts in the body. God values every part of the body. God has given you a a purpose and a call, and you play a role in the body of Christ. And so I believe that this is true, that peace is found when our values and our schedules align. I don't know if you realize this, but everybody has 24 hours in the day, seven days in the week. Have you noticed that? That is like that is a, a uh, global thing. So how do some people accomplish so much more? It comes down to aligning their schedule with their values. And the same is true for us. If we value what God values, that means that we have to align our schedules with that. So here's just some some values that I think are important for us to help to guide our schedules in order to maintain connection with the body of Christ, to be connected. Number one is the value of rest which I would say everybody needs a daily, or I'm sorry, a weekly Sabbath, a daily Sabbath, maybe a little too much, but a weekly Sabbath. Everybody needs a day of rest, that you do nothing, that you rest, that you chill out, and that you worship God and that you just enjoy His goodness. But there's also a value of worship. That's why we meet on Sunday mornings, to worship God, to encounter the presence of God. And worship, one thing about worship is that worship by its very nature means first, It means the best. Why do we meet on Sunday mornings? It's the first thing in the week. It's the best part of the week. And the value of fellowship, the value, uh, that's why we get together in our connect groups, because we value fellowship. We value service. That's why we encourage everybody to serve at least once a month to find a place of of ministry uh, in the body. And so these are things that help to are guiding values that help us to um, stay in connection with the body, to stay where God um, has us. And I just want to encourage you with this. The Bible says this, that we are called to redeem the time. Have you ever read that in the scripture, redeem the time? What does it mean to redeem time? To redeem something means to add value to it. And so you cannot make more time, but you can redeem time. And when you redeem time, you actually add value. So You cannot add more hours to your week, but you can add more value to your time. And one way that we we redeem time is by putting God first in our time, because when we put God first, the rest will be blessed. The same is true in our finances. When we give to God first, you don't wait until you have all the bills paid, everything else left, and see if there's a couple of pennies under the couch cushions that you can give to God, that's not your best. What is your best is when you say, God, I got a pile of bills over here. I've got a lot of things that I want to do and I'm not even sure how I'm going to do it. But God, I'm going to put you first and then I'm going to trust that you're going to help me to get the rest done. And the same is true in our time when we say, God, I'm putting you first. Sundays is non-negotiable. I'm worshiping you. I'm honoring. You. Now, of course, there's times where there's busyness and there's seasons of life, but I would just say this don't let Sundays be one of the things on your schedule, and also don't let Connect Groups be one of the things on the schedule in pencil. Put it in pen. There's some things that should be a, a commitment because it's a value. Okay, the oxygen has left the room, and this is a big room, so I'm going to keep moving on, okay? So be connected. That just means practically spend time together. The third thing I want you to see is not only do we need to be committed and be connected, but number three, we also need to be contributing. Contributing. Paul says, the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor the feet, I have no need of you. No, much rather those members of the body which seem to be weaker are necessary. Again, every part of our body plays an important role right it doesn't matter how great your head is if you're, you know if if your neck is stiff your head struggles right the same is true in the whole body every every one of us and and we experience our greatest value in community left in isolation your your gifts become a limitation you can have the greatest gifts in the world But if it's left to yourself, you can be a really creative person. But how many of you know the creative people need some administrative people? You know what I'm saying? You can be so creative that you just, you know, you catch every wind of inspiration and you just blow on down to the next county over because you have no practical grounding, right? And the administrative people, they need some prophetic people because the administrative people can get so stuck in the plan That if they don't have somebody that helps them to see the bigger picture, which is what a prophetic gift does, then they become so rigid that they got the whole plan, but there's no life in it, right? And the prophetic people need some people with the gift of helps because if it's just prophetic people, they'll just be prophesying over each other and encouraging each other, and everybody will feel like, wow, we've met with God, and then everybody will leave And that same one brother with the gift of helps that picks up after everybody every Sunday will be there after everybody else has had their encounter moment, and he won't be there next week, right? (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like, we need each other. You need the gifts of the person next to you. They need the gifts of the person next to them. And so the body functions best when every member is, is committed, is connected, and is contributing And so over these upcoming weeks as we explore uh, spiritual gifts and what the Holy Spirit wants to do, we're going to take some spiritual gifts tests. We want every person to to feel they have a sense of, if you don't yet know, this is my gift. This is what I was born to do. This is the purpose God's put me on this earth, both in the the church community and beyond the church community. We want to help you define that. But it also is important for us to understand that, that it's not just in isolation, it's in community. And so I want to encourage you that, with that thought um, of the importance of being committed, being connected, and contributing. All right? Awesome. Very good. Thank you, guys. It's such a, such a deep word. There's just silence. It's just say la, say la moment. And um, all right. I'll mention one thing, and then we'll turn the music back on, and we'll hang out and have more food. Um, Honestly, as a church, this is something that we want to give ourselves to even more, is helping every person find your place, find a a connect group to be in, find a place to serve and be involved. And uh, we're going to be relaunching connect groups over the next couple weeks. And could I just get all of the connect group leaders, if you are currently a Connect Group leader. We're in the past season. We'll be again. Could you just stand up so people can see where you're at? J.D. and Laritza. Lupinex, y'all are in the leadership team. Y'all do the food. Jarrett, Justine, Brad, Melissa, Mark, and Marsha over here. Sarah and Matt Hammer back there in the back. Can we give them all a round of applause? All right. So here's what I want to do. I want to encourage you as we Share with you more about connect groups. We want to start some new connect groups. Make sure that you have in your schedule a, a weekly or a biweekly commitment uh, that you can find a, a group to be a part of. Maybe you'd say, well, groups are in the evenings. That's not good for me. Start one after church. If you want to start one, I'd love for us to have a Sunday lunch connect group that's like right after church um, and that you can go out and connect. And uh, if you have the gift of helps, then you can help and uh, then you can go connect after, but um, so that is coming up. Uh, also, another thing that I just wanted to share with you, we have been very um, organic in our our connection in church, which is awesome, but some people have come to me lately and have said, um, I'm not sure, if, am I like a member in this church? What do I do to be a member? And to be honest, that's something we're like clarifying that process. Nate and Steph Sims are helping to clarify that process, but for those of you who have been a part of the church and you say, hey, I'm in, this is my church, I love this church, uh, I am committed, I'm connected, and I'm contributing, um, if you have not yet let us know that you are in that place and that you want to be a member, we have some uh, forms that look like this. Kenny has them over there with the white hat on. Doesn't he look good with the white hat, the glasses, looking so sharp? So he has the membership profile form. So here's, here's what this is. I know This may feel like, oh, this is so rigid. This is so, like, heavy. Um, Have you ever, if you've ever dated someone, you know there comes a point when it's like, okay, like, we're hanging out. This is cool. What is this? What are we? You know what I'm saying? It's DTR. It's the defining the relationship talk. I remember Jennifer still makes fun of me because here's what I said. I really like you. I like to be more than friends. I thought that was perfectly clear. I thought she knew exactly what that meant, but it's worked out. 14 years later, it's working okay. So we are still more than friends. But this is just what that is. If you would say, hey, this is, you want to be more than friends, this is your church, you're committed, you're connected, you're contributing, uh, go see Kenny after uh, the service, and he'll give you one of these. And you can just, uh, at the back, there's a little place you can just write your name and give it back to me um, or give it to Kenny. Kenny can take them too. So, all right? I'm done, that's all we have to say, so thank you guys for listening to me. I love you all, and I love, I just have to say this, I love the church that God's building here, and it's a beautiful, beautiful thing, and it's not about the, the having to have the, the best building in the world, it's not about having to have the greatest, latest, anything other than love in our hearts, and all of those other things will come out of it, Right? and so we're just believing God for the best still to come, but we just want to encourage all of you to get connected and find a place in the body, all right? Can I pray, and then we'll dismiss, and our DJ will turn the music back on, so I'm going to pray. Father, thank you, Lord, for your incredible, incredible goodness to us. God, thank you that today as we're out here in the park, and Lord, we see these trees. We see them blowing in the wind. We see a a, picture, a reminder of the work of your Spirit. God, thank you that your wind is blowing on us. Thank you, Lord, for those that even over the last months have come into a relationship with you, God. Thank you for those that maybe were uh, dismembered, that were on the outside, God, that you've connected, Lord, not because of a program, but because of our hearts being joined together. And God, we pray that every person would find a place of connection, that every person would find a place of community. God, let this uh, not be a church where people are content to be on the fringe, but let it be a church that people, Lord, even as we read in the scripture, are of one accord, one heart, one soul. Father, thank you that as we do that and as we live that inspired life, Father, we thank you for the impact that we'll make together. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, guys. Thank you so much. If you want to hang out, there's cornhole back there.